Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. To the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my trusty sidekick, as always, Harley Schultz. Harley, how are you faring, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for my fantasy football teams because it's kind of like a walking ER right now. You know, I think that they had the um, finale for the first part of the final season of The Walking Dead yesterday, so maybe that had something to do with it. And that was just the four o'clock slate. <laughs> Very true. Um, <coughs> I think my team got a head start on you much more before this week, but that's but you know, it is what it is. It's been a tough, tough year, that's for sure. I mean, every, every year we say the same thing. It's like recency bias. We think there's more injuries than there were previous years, and it, it never is. It's, it's always the same number of injuries. It just seems so rough this week. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, I mean, the poor New York Giants. I mean, they were without – let's see if we can get this down. Including guys that were, were ruled out. They were without a starting left tackle, I believe, right? Yes. They were without their quarterback. They were without yes. their running back. They were yes. without their number one, number two, number three, and eventually number four wide receiver who got himself kicked out of the game. Yep. That's insane. I mean, yeah. they still only lost 44 to 27, I think, right? <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes for t- tough sledding, that's for sure. I'll tell you what's not tough sledding. You know it's not tough sledding? What's that? Listening to you, Mr. Harley Schultz, give us this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Juju Smith-Schuster is expected to miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger is still expected to play the rest of the season despite the condition of his shoulder. (laughs) In addition to Smith-Schuster, two other fantasy-relevant players will likely miss the rest of the year following injuries sustained Sunday. Cardinals tight end Max Williams injured his knee, and Detroit wide receiver Quintez Cephas broke his collarbone. Okay, I admit that maybe I'm being a bit too hyperbolic in calling those two fantasy relevant. (laughs) In other injury news, Clyde Edwards-Alaire will miss multiple weeks with an MCL sprain. Upon hearing this prognosis, his owners all rejoice to know that they don't have to put him into their lineups any further. (laughs) Despite the absence of DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault caught only one of three targets Sunday. Chenault was actually expected to have a larger role this weekend, but the team decided to use Jamal Agnew and Tavon Austin instead. We can only assume that one of them told head coach Urban Meyer that Chenault leaked the video to the media of Meyer getting a lap dance. (laughs) And finally, thanks to all of their injuries, 
I just received a message in my LinkedIn mailbox stating that the New York Giants may be interested in hiring me to play wide receiver. Now, I would obviously be interested, but I don't really want to move to New York. Plus, I would be concerned that I might get knocked out by Kadarius Tony if I ate into his snap count. <laughs> this has been your BPN News Update. See, and I had no idea that you had the Giants in, in the news, but we talked about them a little bit already. Oh, just a little. And I also didn't know exactly what the news was going to encompass, but I got to tell you, it's going to play well with the segments that we're going to do tonight. Um, we're going to do our normal DFS segment, but we're also going to do a segment called Breaking <coughs> Down the Broken Down. So why don't you tell everybody what that's going to encompass and how we're going to proceed? I'm going to let you steer this truck. Well, basically, there were a lot of injuries this past weekend. Again, I, I feel like this was more than any given weekend in a normal fantasy-relevant season. And we're talking about fantasy-relevant players here, too. There were actually nine of the 32 quarterbacks in this league that, that are starting this past weekend suffered an injury at some point during their game. So that that's near. That's just a little over a third. Uh, sorry, a little under a third of all of the starting quarterbacks in the league were hurt this weekend. That's ridiculous. Not to mention significant injuries at the running back position, the wide receiver position, the tight end position. Heck, I think I got a throat contusion while doing that last news segment. <laughs> yeah, I think there was two throat contusions that were reported this weekend. <laughs> I've never heard of one, and we had two in the same, uh, no. same weekend. <laughs> I mean, like, what does it take to you? Do you have to, like, get poked like you're on, like, Three Stooges right in the throat or something? There are some people I felt like punching and chopping in the throat that would probably get them a throat contusion, but I've never done it. <laughs> well, maybe that's uh, what's going to happen to Kadarius Tony if he tries to throw another punch here. <laughs> a closed fist punch at a freaking yeah, At a helmet. <laughs> Where did that come from? Talk about uh, that, rookie inexperience. Way, way to break your hand there, Kadarius. Yeah, he doesn't need it. I mean, he won't, he won't have anybody throwing the ball to him, so... All right, so you want to start with quarterback and run through the my favorite position of all? Oh, of course, since there's so many of them. Okay. Uh, let's start with Thursday night where uh, Russell Wilson, uh, broken hand, not good. Uh, they kept showing close-up pictures of it, too, which was just awful. I, mean, I, I was getting sick from seeing all these posts. He had a stick. He had a stuck hinge is what it looked like. Now, what this means, obviously, from a fantasy perspective, is that Geno Smith is going to be starting for the next couple of weeks for the Seattle team, the Seahawks. And so, Steve, what do you think? Uh, is Geno Smith worth picking up in a super flex format at least? Yeah, I don't think he's worth picking up in a normal redraft one quarterback league. But if you're really, really, really desperate, then yes, but I wouldn't. Yeah, then uh, we, go, we go on to uh, Joe Burrow, who we mentioned had the throat contusion. We really don't know when it happened during the game. He, he must have played through it, because I don't remember him ever actually leaving the game. But he was actually transported by ambulance from the stadium to a hospital rather than departing with the team following their game. And he was just released today, uh, apparently all is well. But again, it, it sounds scarier than it actually is. Well, and you know what? There's a part of that, too, where... Maybe it's something that's not life-threatening, but it could be football-threatening in a sense that quarterbacks really need their voice, right? Change, exactly. And so, I mean, if he and... ends up missing this game, again, we don't think he will, but if he does, Brandon Allen is next up there. Uh, Allen proved last year that he doesn't belong anywhere near any starting lineup, even in Superflex, so don't worry about that. Uh, 
Uh, a bit of an interesting player who's uh, hurt right now is Taysom Hill. He suffered a concussion. Uh, obviously, he qualifies at quarterback in a lot of leagues. And in Scott Fishbowl, I've got him as my third quarterback. I actually intended to use him uh, because we can start two quarterbacks on the week that my two starters are hurt or on by. But now he's going to miss some time with concussion. But he isn't the only quarterback that suffered a concussion. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about Daniel Jones, who looked like uh, you, you kind of picture those cartoons where the guy would get hit with the mallet, and all of a sudden you see the three little birdies floating around his head. Yep. That's how Daniel Jones looked walking off the field. He absolutely did. I I didn't think he got his quote-unquote bell rung that badly until I saw him get up. Um, then you just realize. And I think it was a combination of one to hit and then two when he got driven down to the ground, honestly. Yeah, and, and unfortunately in his case, he actually led the contact helmet-to-helmet into the defender. Yep. So you can't even really blame the defender for uh, for the hit there. He was trying to make that final surge to the end zone. And uh, now it, it's interesting that Mike Glennon came in. Mike Glennon actually looked fairly decent in relief of, uh, of Mr. Jones there. But you know what? With Glennon's neck, one has to worry about if he's going to get a throat contusion next week. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Um, I'm not that I wouldn't be that high on picking up Glennon, even in Superflex. Well, Superflex, everybody's ownable, um, due to the fact that we don't know how long Galladay's going to be out. We don't know how much longer Sterling Shepard's going to be out, and Darius Slayton's going to be out. And yeah, they'll probably you know Kadarius will be back, but that'd be my biggest concern. Well, now we get into four different quarterbacks who all suffered smaller injuries. They all actually played through their injuries, but now there might be some question marks leading into next week. Jacoby Brissett uh, suffered a hamstring injury, which he played through. Now, obviously, that team is already shorthanded with uh, with their main starter, Tua Tagovailoa, out for the foreseeable future. He, he actually is slated that he come back this week, but we don't know if he's going to yet. So after those two, I'm, I'm not even sure I can name the third-string quarterback for Miami this year. I don't think you'd want to. Um. Another team that's down, that's down possibly to their third-string quarterback is San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is still recovering from his injuries. Trey Lance sustained a knee injury, which he played through. Uh, now, the only other quarterback currently on their roster is uh, Nate Sudfeld, who was actually just transferred back to their practice squad following his activation this past weekend. So now we've seen Sudfeld in, in appearances before in the league, and he hasn't looked that great. But, again, he may be forced to play after the uh, 49ers buy, if neither Jimmy Garoppolo nor Trey Lance is ready to go. By the way, you moved on before I could say Reed Stinnett. Like, you don't know Reed Stinnett, that he's the backup for Jacoby Brissett? No. (laughs) I didn't either. I had to look it up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Speaking of knee injuries with rookie quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields apparently sustained a knee injury this week. I absolutely missed that one. I I was looking through all the notes here for all the various injuries following the games. I did not see Justin Fields sustain that injury. Obviously, Andy Dalton, who is also uh, just now fully recovered from his injury, would back up in that situation if Fields has to miss time. Dalton is a capable starter. Certainly, he didn't look great earlier in the season when he was forced to be the starter there while Fields learned under him. But at least in that situation, there you've got a potential quarterback that can step in and be playable in a two-quarterback format. So my biggest concern with the Chicago um, quarterbacks is the injury that both of them have to deal with. And as you know, like with an injury, inflammation is a large part of what causes the problem, right? So you want to keep things mm-hmm. from swelling up. Well, the biggest problem that they have to put up with is play calling and infl- infl- inflammation um, because the play calling there just stinks right now. 
Well, a team that's struggling right now a little bit too on offense is uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. They started off the season very, very good. The last two games they've kind of played uh, down to their competition, I guess would be the easy way to say it. Uh, Derek Carr suffered a mild injury. He left the game for a couple of plays last weekend. Uh, obviously, Marcus Mariota just now eligible to be activated this coming week. We don't know if he's going to be activated yet. It sounds like he's closer to playing than not playing. So Mariota would probably, if, if he's healthy enough, would be the backup next week. Of course, there's always the threat that if Mariota's not ready to go and Derek Carr uh, suffers some sort of setback this week or gets re-hurt next week, that would mean it's Nathan Peterman time for Vegas. Yes, it's always a good time when it's Peterman time. It's a good time for the opposing defense. That is very true. Who are they facing next week? Let's see if we can stream that defense there. <laughs> well, we have a we have a um, Twitter user that likes to ask us about defenses on a weekly basis, so maybe that's one that we'll have to um, tell him that he can look at. Well, and then there's one last uh, quarterback injury that uh, it's kind of getting swept under the rug a little bit. Tom Brady hurt his thumb. Uh, sounds like he's going to be able to play. Shouldn't be too big of an issue. Uh, obviously, the vegan diet helps him some there, right? Yes, absolutely. And for what it's worth, they play the Broncos next week. Ah, so that defense is probably already owned. Yeah, more than likely. But like I said, we do have some good news, and there's a few quarterbacks, like I said, that are nearly come back. Uh, Marcus Mariota could be active next week as a backup. Uh, Tua is very, very close to coming back from Miami. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick slated to come back in week seven for Washington. And now it sounds like he might not even get the job back. So that, that's become a common trend for Fitzpatrick over his career. And uh, also Tyrod Taylor, very, very close to coming back for Houston. Although after the way Davis Mills played this week, maybe he won't get his job back either. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yes, I know what you mean. That's a lot of quarterbacks to talk about. So let's roll on to running back. Yes. Uh, from the uh, Seattle Seahawks game again, Chris Carson. Uh, missed the game with neck injuries coming into the game. Uh, neck injuries and running back does not sound like a good combination. No, not at all. And so, I mean, I, I got to wonder, is, is this something where we have to seriously be concerned that this could affect him all season? Yep, absolutely. Um, I believe it's a herniated disc or something from a herniated disc is what I had read. And Look, as somebody that's had fusion surgery and had, you know, L4, L5, S1, which is your very lower back, um, I can only imagine what it's like playing in the NFL if you have a, a herniated or a ruptured disc of some sort. So, yes, I'd be concerned if I was a Carson owner. Well, now, so this past week, Alex Collins played in his stead, did a pretty good job. They also have Rashad Penny there, as well as DJ Dallas. Are either of those secondary backs worth picking up for that situation or is it just Collins' show? And for the most part, Collins is the one that's going to have the value. If you've got a deep enough bench and you want to stash, I'd probably say Penny over DJ. If something were to happen to Collins, he'd probably be the one that would get the, the bulk of the carries at that point. Um, I, I, you're, you're going to talk about somebody a little bit. I'll hold off on a comment I was just going to make. That's okay. Uh, next uh, injury is probably the most major injury to come out of this past weekend. That's uh, Saquon Barkley yes. uh, turning his ankle on a just a freak post-play situation, uh, basically falling, being tackled, getting up, kind of walking away towards the sideline, trips over another guy's foot, then steps on his foot while he's going down. Uh, the ankle looked horrible on the sidelines. He was eventually carted to the locker room 
But now it sounds like he might only miss a week. Is, is this wishful thinking? No, I don't think so. I don't know if you saw what I tweeted um, yesterday after the injury, and it was after I saw his ankle balloon up. I can say this based on personal experience. Now, granted, I was probably 17 or 18 years old when this happened, but I rolled my ankle while playing Sandlot football, so it's not like we were taped up or wearing cleats or anything like that, but I rolled my ankle. And I actually continued to play. It hurt like hell. Um, but when I got done, went home and got, I, like pulled down my sock, and I was like, yikes. It looked like you had implanted an egg under my skin <laughs> on my ankle. So it actually looked very, very similar to what Barkley had. What I can tell you is I had to pretty much just, you know, stay off of it and rest as much as I could for the next week or two, but I didn't stay off it completely. I didn't play football again, you know, for a couple of weeks, but I was able to walk on it and you know, do normal things probably inside of a week to two weeks. I was back to normal. So for him getting therapy and staying off it, I would not be shocked if he's only out a week. And I, I said that yesterday that while I'm not a doctor, that's the best case scenario, and it sounds like that's what's playing out. But I will well, say it, this. Oh, go ahead. This is what I was going to say. I do apologize to all Barkley owners because I'm a Barkley owner, but I dropped Booker this week because of some injury moves I had to make. So, of course, it figures that he then gets hurt. Well, and Booker actually looked pretty good in a situation where he was one of the few remaining offensive options for New York, and I think that he has to be a priority add uh, for teams looking for a running back for next week and potentially for the future too. And if you are a Barkley owner and you didn't drop him for whatever reason beforehand, you definitely have to acquire him. Yeah. Don't be a Steve. It just, you know what it was? I'll be honest <coughs> with you. So we have IR spots, right? And yep. a lot of times guys will forget that they have to move. If they wind up being questionable or better, they can't stay on IR, but it doesn't make you get penalized if you forget and leave them there. Right. So I'm sure I that, think that's usually the case unless someone like said, uh, steps up and like reports you for it. True. And I, and I think some guys just, they honestly forget. Well, I decide to look to see who I have on my IR because I had somebody else that was out. And I went, oh, crap. I got Sterling Shepard. He's listed as questionable now. He's not playing this week. But I did the right thing. <laughs> and I activated him so I could move the other guy to um, IR. don't even remember who it was. Then later, the day, later that weekend when... Shepard wound up being out. I was able to move him to IR and then pick up another player, but I couldn't go back and pick up Booker because he has to go through waivers now. Well, it's interesting you recounted a little bit of a story of something that happened to you in your youth in regard to Barkley's injury. Uh, I will recount a little bit of something about a story from my youth and injury I sustained, which was to my MCL, uh, <laughs> and that's the injury sustained by Mr. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Now, I was out of action for about six months. That was also 30-plus years ago. Nowadays, that's, that injury is by far the least of the knee injuries that one can sustain. But it still sounds like uh, Hilaire is going to miss at least three weeks. And like I mentioned in the news, I, I think a lot of owners, uh, he had started to perform better the last couple of weeks. But I mean, he was one of those guys that because of his name and because he played for the Chiefs, you felt compelled to start him. And, and you just you get to the point where you just don't really want to anymore. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's kind of called getting bailed out, basically. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people that owned Hilaire own Daryl Williams already. Daryl Williams is going to be the primary goal line back there. He's going to probably carry the ball the most part between the 20s. 
And the passing down back there is going to be former Viking Jarek McKinnon, who has a history of getting hurt himself. So uh, if, if I wanted to own one of the two of them, I would want to own Williams, who at the, at the very least will get all the goal line work. Yeah, I actually like adding McKinnon, though. I think that there could be some value there. And look, running backs fall like flies. So it, it's not going to hurt to know that they've got somebody that they're going to, they're, they're already using him some. So he wouldn't be a bad consolation prize if you needed to add somebody. Well, another running back we got some good news on today is Damian Harris. Uh, he left the game briefly uh, with a rib injury last, uh, last week, uh, this past weekend. And of course, the New England Patriots had Ramondre Stevenson active. He played some. He looked really, really bad. <laughs> so I'm sure that New England is hoping that Harris will be ready to go for this coming week. Now, in that case there, I mean, Harris has looked fairly good so far this year. He did have the one fumble. I was a little concerned that, that was going to rear its ugly head, the doghouse of Bill Belichick. But he gets no passing down work whatsoever. That's all Brandon Bolden right now. Brandon Bolden is the James White role. If he's not owned in your league, you need to pick up Brandon Bolden now. Because if for whatever reason Damian Harris's rib injury proves to be more than pain tolerance will let him play through, Bolden will not only get the passing down work, he's also going to be the primary ball carrier because I just don't think Belichick trusts Stevenson yet. I don't disagree with that, quite honestly. I don't. Uh, we had a couple of uh, more minor injuries. Uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, fell on his keister <laughs> and uh, left the game for a couple of plays. Uh, more funny than anything else, you see him laughing on the sidelines afterwards. So I don't think that really was more of a pain to anything other than his pride. And uh, you know, we quick, just found out. Uh, real quick, oh. a pro football doc on Twitter, actually, I think it was him, said he thought that he was more hurt than injured. And I think that sums that up perfectly. It was like he landed a little more on his hip, and it probably was a stinger of sorts and just was like, ouch, but nothing that he wasn't able to work out and get back in there and score a touchdown right afterwards, basically. Well, I can't talk to what's inside the pylons in today's NFL, but obviously there's some wires in there, and there, there's part of the camera that goes inside of there now for shooting the goal line cam spots there. So he, he may have just landed on something hard, and, and part of his uh, posterior did also hit the uh, – the to-go stripe there, too, on the sideline, which is a hard plastic material. I know that for a fact. Right. So between the two of them, it's probably just like a, a stinger to the butt. And as I said, it's more of a pride thing for him than anything else. But obviously, he came back in, played well the rest of the way. Shouldn't be an issue going forward. Uh, one injury we just learned of today, not really an injury per se, but uh, Samaje P. Ryan, who filled in fairly well for Joe Mixon, who is still recovering from his own injury, uh, got put on the COVID list today. Now, so apparently came down with COVID between 7 o'clock yesterday and this morning? Yeah, sounds fishy, doesn't it? That sounds really, really fishy on a day that they weren't sure that Joe Mixon was going to play. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, it's like, hey, what's that? what about that running back room? Where where were they on, you know, what, where were they travel-wise? Who was close exactly. contacts? So if for whatever reason, if Mixon is still uh, limited next week and Pirine does not get cleared, the next man up is Chris Evans. Uh, he's looked decent in the preseason. Uh, he's more of a pass catching back than a rushing back, but uh, he certainly can have a role there. I mean, even uh, previous years, uh, we've seen a split of pass catching and run catching and, and rushing backs there when Gio Bernard was alongside Joe Mixon. So 
Uh, if for whatever reason P. Ryan can't play, I, I think that there's a role for Chris Evans this week from a PPR standpoint. I would agree with you on that, and I think that this week, anybody that started Joe Mixon, they were playing with fire. They're probably like, yeah, look what he got, he got a touchdown. Yeah, you know what? You played him, and you got his ceiling this week. So just count your blessings on that. I think he'll be fine going forward, though. But, yeah, you're right. I think that Evans still does have some PPR appeal um, as it takes maybe another game or two before we see Mixon back to full full duty. Well, fortunately, much like at the quarterback position, we are getting a couple of running backs coming back this week. Uh, both Delvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey will be back for their matchup against each other. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how much both of them play in their first game back, but it sounds like both of them were very close to playing this week, and they both were decided to be held out for one more week just to make sure they're fully good to go. Uh, I know DraftKings and FanDuel have already given both of them ridiculously high prices, so <laughs> that we may talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, both of those guys are, are good to go for this week. Uh Neither one, like I said, I think is going to have a full complement of touches. I would agree with that. I'd be, I'd look, <coughs> I'm still going to wind up having to start Christian McCaffrey more than likely because he's better than what the options that you're plugging in. Probably the same with Dalvin Cook if you don't have Madison backing him up. So, but yeah, if you can afford to wait, I'd wait. Well, now there are fewer injuries at the wide receiver position this week, but uh, as we mentioned, at least one of them, Quintez Cephas, is likely to put him out for the year. The same with Juju Smith-Schuster. They're both done for the year uh, thanks to the upper body injuries. Uh, Kenny Galladay left the New York Giants game. Uh, he was one of the many Giants that got hurt. Uh, he hyperextended his knee. Uh, that team is really, really thin in the wide receiver room because uh, Kadarius Tony, who stepped into his place and actually performed really well, he left the game with an ankle injury in, in addition to being asked to leave the stadium after throwing a punch. He did come back after the ankle injury, though, right? Uh, yes, he did. So I'm not so worried about Kadarius, actually. I think that he's actually solidifying himself as the go-to guy there. It'll be interesting to see how the usage happens when they get Sterling Shepard back on the field, honestly. Yeah, Shepard was always their leader, but I think that the the two can coexist because I feel like Tony can step into the role vacated by Galladay if Galladay's going to miss some time. He can also step into the role vacated by Darius Slayton, too, who's yeah. also hurt right now. And the, uh, more so than Sterling, who likes to line up in the slot more so. And we know game script's going to be in their favor more often than not. Uh, a guy who just returned from injury is injured once again, and that's Curtis Samuel for Washington. Re-injured his groin. Uh, there's a very high likelihood that they're going to put him back on IR, basically a week after being activated off of it. Uh, what this did is it opened up some playing time for a couple of uh, Lesser used wide receivers there in Washington, including Adam Humphreys, who has kind of carved out a decent role for himself in previous offenses in history where he's been kind of moved up into that third or second wide receiver role. Yeah, I had high hopes for for Mr. Samuel in that offense with Fitzpatrick, who, of course, is gone at this point. Um, Just hasn't materialized. I think we talked about this an episode or two ago. Sometimes the best trades you make are the ones that you don't make or the, the players that you don't include. And I did a multiplayer deal in one of my dynasty leagues where the player being asked for was um, Curtis Samuel. I didn't really want to give him up. I was trying to give up Mike Williams instead, and the guy insisted. So he got Curtis Samuel, and I got to keep Mike Williams. That worked out for the better for you, I'd say. Yes, it did. Uh, Diami Brown also is hurt right now there, so they're kind of shorthanded a little bit. DeAndre Carter looked pretty decent this past week as well. Uh, So they've got some possibilities to fill in there, but... 
again, we don't know if that offense is strong enough to support more than two fantasy-relevant receiving threats anyways. And you always got to wonder if one of those two fantasy-relevant receiving threats is going to be one of their running backs, either Gibson or McKissick. Yeah, I was just going to say, to me, that's a benefit for McLaren and the running backs, honestly. Uh, We had Tyree Kill briefly leave the game yesterday evening with a knee injury. Sounds like that is nothing to write home about. Uh, He's going to be ready to go for next week. Uh, more of a minor thing than anything else. So good good to go for Tyreek killing into next week. But it is notable, obviously, since he is one of the top three or four wide receivers in football. Uh, one wide receiver that we would consider to be a top 10 wide receiver in most formats missed this past week due to personal reasons. That's Calvin Ridley. Do we know anything yet about what those personal reasons were? I do not. And you know what? I honestly was making made a comment about this to my wife um, earlier yesterday. I was like, you know... I don't know that I've ever seen so many guys out for personal reasons. Lane Johnson was out this week, and I think last week for personal reasons. Yeah, Ridley, there was another one or two guys. I can't remember who they were now. But I remember hearing at least three people over the past couple weeks that had been out for personal reasons. And that's just odd. She says, do you think it's COVID? I said, it could be. I don't know. It's just, it's odd. Well, and that's the question mark, too, then. This is like, is this how the NFL is going to handle COVID-related absences? It, because obviously uh, some players might not want to make it known that they're vaxxed or unvaxxed. So it's like they're just going to put themselves down as being out for personal reasons. And can we then assume then, if that's what it comes down to, uh, is it wrong to start making that assumption? I think it's probably wrong to make that assumption. There's a lot of different reasons. It could be personal stuff that they're out for, but just it seems odd. It's a correlation that should be easy to get to, but it's one I wouldn't want to make. Well, fortunately for the wide receiver room, we do have four wide receivers all slated to come back very shortly. With the loss of Cephas, obviously Detroit was happy to know that Tyrell Williams, uh, who's been dealing with a concussion for the last couple weeks, is very close to returning. Uh, It's unknown if he'll return this week, but he should be back by the following week. Jarvis Landry, also very close for Cleveland. They need some some help in their wide receiver room. Odell Beckham has not done a whole lot yet this year. Uh, Michael Gallup about to come back for Dallas shortly here. That should certainly help them. Because I know they're dealing with some minor injuries to Amari Cooper. I uh, was kind of playing a decoy role the last couple of weeks. And then we're watching right now the Baltimore Ravens and the Indianapolis Colts. Baltimore, who's been shorthanded on wide receiver position for probably about five or six years, uh, are slated to get back Rashad Bateman. Bateman actually, they thought he might play this week, but uh, they decided to give him one more week off. He will play next week for Baltimore, and that's going to be a huge uh, blow. A huge blow. No, that's going to be a huge plus for their offense. Yep, I agree. Uh, finally, there were two injuries at the tight end position of significance this week. Uh, Max Williams, as I mentioned in the news, a knee injury. He is all but done for the season. Uh, took a guy who was starting to blossom into a decent role player in an Arizona offense that was certainly going to be pass-heavy all season. They really don't have a backup worth much of anything there, so I'm, I'm not even really following that that closely. Don't they have Ricky Silju? Oh, no, wait a minute. Dan Ar- They don't. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Um, and then lastly, uh, Travis Kelsey left the game last night with a neck stinger from a hit. Uh, again, much like Tyreek Hill, it sounds like a, a small injury. He should be fine. He'll probably take a couple days of rest this week during practice, but he should be back out there for next week's games. And you might as well, it didn't happen this week, but you might as well mention Logan Thomas, who's out right now, and Ricky Seals Jr. seemed to fill in nicely. Yeah, uh, we might talk about him a little bit later in DFS. I don't know. That's possible. 
It's very possible. All right. So, well, in addition to all these injuries, I mean, not to like segue too far away from all the injury problems we've had this week, but we get some fun this week because we got four teams on by, and then next week we've got six more on by. Yeah, by is always fun. Um, here's what I'm going to say before we move into DFS, and that's where we're going to move. Early in the season, your buys shouldn't be difficult to cover because it's early enough that you shouldn't have too many people injured. That's what you made. That's why you drafted your depth, <laughs> right? It's those yes. later buys where you really have to plan and look and coordinate because you don't expect to have that stuff there. But who knows how that looks this year? Quite honestly, and we're going to have teams that are all the way. Their buys don't happen until the playoffs. On the, there's teams too that have been carrying guys on their active roster that have been hurt uh, throughout. The- Season guys like Michael Thomas, uh, if for whatever reason, if your league doesn't have IR spots, uh, I recently picked up Marlon Mack in the hope that he might get traded to a team that could use him as a starter. Uh, those type of players uh, can can really cause a a bit of a conundrum for teams if if they're dealing with injuries plus the buys coming up so quickly here in week six and week seven. That is something that will ha- that will force your hand to make decisions similar to me having to activate Sterling Shepard to drop Devontae Booker, and look what happens. But you know where you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff? When you play weekly fantasy. That is right. On the DFS landscape, that is a non-issue. And that's what we're going to move into. We're going to move into our weekly DFS segment where we are going to talk about our pay-ups, stay-aways, and value plays. And the first thing that for anybody that's new and listening, Harlan and I do not discuss this in advance. I don't know what his thoughts are on players, and he doesn't know mine. Um, And he's always going to set an over-under on how many we will get correct. So, Harley, set the over-under. The over-under this week is six. Oh, we're hitting the under. I'm going okay. under. It's worth But the sm- it's a smaller, a smaller player pool this week. We've got two teams in London. We've got four teams on by. We've got the Thursday night two teams. We've got two teams on, Friday, uh, two, two, on Sunday night, two teams on Monday night. So, well, last, a little bit smaller pool to choose from. That is true. But last week, we killed it with eight right, which I think was a record. It's an that was surprising, yes. So... All right, get us started off. Who are you going to pay up for? I'll pay up for St. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Casey at Washington. Now, i got to give credit to the godfather of fantasy football and my former boss, Paul Charchian, for this little tidbit on Twitter. Washington has allowed three consecutive quarterbacks to throw for four passing touchdowns. Only three other defenses have ever done that, the last being the New York Giants in 2011. Yep, we have a match. Next. Okay. Uh, team I'm staying. Uh, team I'm staying away from. The quarterback I'm staying away from is Minnesota's Kirk Cousins at Carolina. Carolina has allowed only six passing touchdowns. Four of those went in one game to Dak Prescott. In their other four games, they have given up only two additional passing scores. They have given up a couple of rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks, but Kirk Cousins really isn't a threat to run in for a score. I mean, he, he gets one maybe two a year, so I'm not really concerned about him doing that. Sixty-two hundred, seventy-one hundred. He's priced up there in the top 10 in both uh, DraftKings and FanDuel. So he's just not worth paying up for at that price. So I went a really different WAT route on this. I really looked at at, at um, cost instead. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy, based on the performance that his counterpart had this week against his defense, you, should, you would think should be a start. This, the quarterback this week passed for 398 and four with zero touchdowns. Okay, but yes, I'm staying away from I'm staying away from Kyler Murray this week. I think going 
to Cleveland against a team that really they're going to be angry. I, I mean, are they going to have their top three to four cornerbacks out again? I, I don't think so. I, I think that they'll have a couple of them back, hopefully. They, they lost Denzel Ward for part of that game. They lost Greedy Williams for part of that game. Um, what's his name? The other guy was already out. I can't think of his name. Troy Hill missed some time. So, I, yeah, I know it's a probably risk, especially what he can do with his legs, but I'm going to steer clear of him, and that makes it easier for me to say that's why I want to get Pat Mahomes in my lineup. So, You know, I actually have no problem with that because – uh, another thing to think about now, I, I've mentioned this in previous weeks, uh, Matthew Stafford earlier this year, uh, during a couple of his, his lesser performances, looked like he was kind of short-arming the ball a little bit. He looked like he had a little shoulder pain. Obviously, there's been some shoulder injuries. And we had, like I said, nine quarterbacks that left the game at various re- for various reasons this week due to injury. Uh, I have a feeling that, as kind of watching some of the footage back from the Arizona game, Kyler Murray looks like his shoulder's a little heavier right now, too, and Again, maybe that's just from hits or maybe that's just from the game, but he didn't look quite as sharp this past week. And, and I can guarantee you that that Cleveland Stadium is going to be loud. It's not going to be a friendly place for them to be playing at. And I think they're due for a letdown. I'm sorry. Look, anybody can go 16-0 when you start the season off 4-5-0, or 5-0, right? I just They're not a 16-0 team in my eyes. Um, I just don't see it happen. So I think they get their first loss this week. Okay. Well, who's your value play at quarterback? So I wrote down three names, wrote a name down, and moved on, wrote another name down, crossed him out, wrote another name down. He's playing tonight, crossed him out, and went back to the first guy I had. I'm going with Taylor Heineke this week. Okay. We don't have a match, but I actually had Taylor Heineke written down until I decided to just go completely scorched earth here this week. <laughs> uh, take a guess at who I'm playing as my value play. Oh, you are playing Mike Lennon as your value as your value play. Oh God, I, I didn't go that scorched earth. <laughs> okay, I had Mac Jones written down. So if you go Mac Jones, I'm gonna be a little. But go ahead, who? No, no, I'm going with the guy we talked a little bit about earlier, and that's Davis Mills. Okay. Uh, Miami at Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, not Miami at Tampa Bay. Uh, it's Houston at Indy. In Indy, who we're watching right now on TV on getting on Monday Night Football against the. Baltimore Ravens. Uh, India's allowed going into tonight's game 11 passing touchdowns during the first four weeks. Uh, Davis uh, looked like he had some moxie under his uh, belt last week with that game against New England. He did what rookie quarterbacks aren't supposed to do. He actually looked decent against uh, Bill Belichick defense, and he did it despite not having any production at all from his top receiver. Yeah, I understand it. I just I think it's a little bit risky. I wouldn't oh, it's it. very risky. It's totally risky. I'm, and you have Carr. He doesn't have a great matchup. He's a couple few hundred dollars more. Uh, Carson Wentz in this game, too. He's going to uh, be the reverse play in that one going against Houston. Wentz was the only uh, name I wrote down that I crossed off. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's slightly safer than Mills. A couple hundred dollars more. but Either way, I mean, if you don't go with Patrick Mahomes, we just listed several players in the bargain basement of quarterbacks this week on a short, a shorter slate of a sort shorter pool of players yep. any of whom could be thrown in there if you want to spend big at wide receiver and running back this week you got teddy two teddy two td in there baker mayfield's under <laughs> six grand also so yeah all right one match out of three so far take us over. doesn't bode well for the over no that's why i took the under take us over to the running back landscape what do we got I think we're going to match on this uh, running back one here to pay to play. This is going to be Austin Eckler at Baltimore. Uh, looking at the numbers here, 
He's topped 100 total yards in four straight games with a total of six touchdowns over that span and an average of six receptions per game over that span. Now, multiple running backs have already done damage against Baltimore, particularly doing damage through the air. And we witnessed earlier today while recording here, uh, Jonathan Taylor catch a long pass and go the distance for a touchdown against uh, against Baltimore, too. So there's yardage to be gained through the air. That's obviously Eckler, especially this year. He's proving to also be a decent goal line back. I love him this week. And his price tag is really cheap for a pay-to-play guy. So we do match. We do match. But, and I, I swear, getting old stinks. I saw it on Twitter. I wish I knew who to attribute it to. Eckler scored, what, like 40-some-odd points this weekend? Mm-hmm. He scored like three quarters on the post. The tweet said he scored like three quarter of three quarters of those points in the last half of the last quarter. Yeah, it wasn't garbage time though. That is true. It was not. But no, he's definitely my pay up also. Well, you only have to go one spot down on the DraftKings ladder to see who I'm avoiding this week. Uh, that being Delvin Cook. Uh, his price is roughly the same as Eckler on DraftKings. He's actually two hundred dollars cheaper. But he's $400 more expensive on FanDuel. That makes no sense whatsoever. Dallas' running backs netted 210 total yards against Carolina back in week four. We already talked about how Carolina allowed Dak Prescott to throw for a lot, but no other quarterbacks did anything against them. Well, you throw out those 210 yards that Carolina allowed to Dallas' running backs, Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard, the other four teams to face Carolina have netted a total, a total, of 226 total yards with their running backs. Now, Delvin Cook is a great back, but you know what? He's going to be on a snap limit. Even if he plays, he's going to be on a snap limit. Uh, first game back from an ankle injury. I'm sure as hell not paying more for him than I would pay for Eckler. <laughs> so I didn't, I, have, I didn't make either McCaffrey or Cook my stayaways because they're coming back from injury, so I thought that was a bit of a punt. Um I went a different route, and I went with Aaron Jones. It's not the best matchup in the world. Um, I think that the Bears are something like the 11th hardest or, or the 11th best team against running backs from a fantasy point, giving up points per game. And I just – Chicago, you know, Soldier Field isn't always in the best shape. And I think if they're going to do anything when they go there, they're going to throw the ball, and Devontae Adams is going to wind up having a big day. Um, I think A.J. Dillon is still going to be involved. So I'm a little worried. I don't like A.J. at the price for where he's playing. Okay, well, my value play at running back is someone I talked about a little bit earlier today. I think we're going to And that's Brandon Bolden, New England versus Dallas. Dallas has allowed an average of seven running back receptions per game. That is Brandon Bolden's role in this offense, no matter who the main, main ball carrier is. None of the other ball carriers are going to get the ball in the passing game. That's all Brandon Bolden. Oh, yeah, New England's going to be playing from behind, too, which means they're going to be throwing the ball rather than running it. So I actually thought you were going a different route because it was somebody that we talked about earlier very briefly um, due to some of the wide receiver injuries, and he's facing a team that's top four in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. I think A.J. McKissick, McKissick, J.D. McKissick, makes a great, value play this weekend oh totally again another situation where washington's going to be forced to play from behind they're shorthanded at the wide receiver position uh also at the tight end position so <laughs> they'll probably be forced to use mckissick a little bit more than they want to maybe give them some quarterall patterson type reps at wide receiver too so yep and he's 100 bucks more than your brandon bolden and they're the same on Fanduel. 
Exactly. I was a little actually a little upset with his lack of usage this week. I think a lot of people thought he would play more with the shin injury to Antonio Gibson, but uh, Gibson played through the shin injury. So I, I, that was a lot of much ado about nothing going into uh, Sunday morning. Yep. All right. So my under is looking pretty good, buddy. Um, what do you got at wide receiver? Who are you going to pay up for here at wide receiver? Well, I'm paying up for Patrick Mahomes, so I've got to pay up for the slightly knee-dinged up Tyreek Hill. Among teams playing on this slate, only Dallas has allowed more receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. And no team on this slate has allowed more receptions or touchdowns to the wide receiver position. Tyreek Hill is a little bit overdue for another big game. He had, he had the three touchdowns a couple weeks ago, but uh, was held out of the end zone this week. I think that this is going to be another Tyreek week this week. So the first name I wrote down for my payup was Tyreek Hill. Not going to lie to you. And the reason for it was he's $500 cheaper than Devontae Adams. But he is $200 more on FanDuel. So I crossed him out. And I wrote in Devontae Adams, who's facing a Chicago team that's given up the fifth most points to the wide receiver position this year. But here's what I'm going to tell you you should do. I start Tyreek on DraftKings and Devontae on FanDuel. There you go. Save 200 bucks. Save 500 bucks. Yeah, that actually isn't a bad thought. And again, Devontae obviously is more like to catch more receptions total. Uh, the receptions obviously going to cost you a little bit more on DraftKings with their full PPR versus FanDuel where it's only half PPR. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, again, if you go cheap at quarterback, you can afford to play both of them this week. That is true. That is very, very true. Okay, well, we don't have to travel very, very far to get to my stay away play. Me either. Which is Mike Williams at Baltimore. Mike Williams is now priced as the wide receiver one for Los Angeles. Yeah, personally, I'm not 100% sold that, he's, that he is that yet. But you know what? You, you can't argue. He's put up huge numbers this season. Now, this week, he's facing a Baltimore pass defense that has allowed a total of nine catches and 115 yards to opposing wide receiver ones. That's not per game. That's for the season going into tonight's game. Nine catches, 115 yards to opposing wide receiver number ones. This breaks down to an average of two catches and 39 yards per game. Only three total wide receivers going into tonight's game have scored a touchdown against this defense, and none of those three has been a true wide receiver one. So we match, just to get that out of the way. But I came to Mike Williams so quickly that I was like, i got to see if I'm missing something here. And I stopped real close to Mike Williams and went, man, Justin Jefferson's not very appealing at all either against those Panthers. And I wrote him down, but I crossed him off. I went back to Mike Williams. But I think that you can go either way and just get them both, keep both those guys out of your lineup. And, again, I, I thought about Jefferson, too, but then I ultimately came down to the fact that, again, I, it's not just my Minnesota fandom, but I feel like there's more talent, physical talent in Justin Jefferson than there is in Mike Williams. Like I, I feel like, obviously, I mean, Jefferson's only in his second year, but I feel like he's proven more in his year-plus than Mike Williams has in his four-plus years in the league. I would say that that was part of my thought process was which one is the safer play, and I think Jefferson is the safer play. So that's but again, why. yeah, this is DFS, so you don't need to roster either of them. Right, So, but I'm saying that's how I got to my stay away for our exercise was I definitely would feel less comfortable with Williams in a lineup than I would Jefferson. Well, I'm going to pick on Dallas again with my value play here, second uh, value play in a row. Picking on Dallas, that's Jacoby Myers going up against them. Uh, He is, without a doubt, the number one wide receiver for New England. And every team except Philadelphia 
has seen at least one wide receiver top 100 yards against Dallas. In fact, in total, six different wide receivers have topped 90 yards against Dallas this year. I really, really like Jacoby Myers to have a huge week. He has not had a 100-yard week yet this year. This is going to be his first, and I like him to score this week too. So I can't say that I disagree with you because I looked at the same exact play and I was like, I want to go cheaper. Uh, let me go down Nelson Aguilar. No, I can't do it with Aguilar. I, I thought about Aguilar. I have to admit that. <laughs> so there's a reason I crossed Tyreek Hill out and went with Devontae Adams, and that's because I wanted to get a Kansas City Chief as my value play. You want Josh Gordon? So hold on. I wrote down Nicole Hardman. Then I wrote down Josh Gordon. And I said, scribble, scribble, scribble on Josh Gordon. So I'm going to go with Nicole Hardman. But if you want to go full scorched earth, absolutely go get Josh Gordon in your lineup at $3,400. Yeah, again, that Washington defense, they were supposed to be so, so good on every single level. But they haven't been against the pass, and particularly against wide receivers, and particularly against big wide receivers, which Josh Gordon certainly is one of them. Yep. So McColl's my, my value play. I wanted for old time's sake to make it Gordon, but I just couldn't do it. But if you want to go well, in the same price range as Gordon, there's a couple other guys. Uh, Paris Campbell and Van Jefferson both have decent matchups too. I kind of like this week. So there's some options when you go, go looking for your wide receiver three. Yes, absolutely. Let's take it over to tight end, my man. Who are you? Tight end. Uh, for the second straight week, I'm going to pick on the Giants with my tight end. Uh, I'm going to pay up to play Tyler Higby. Dallas was the first team to not score a tight end touchdown against the Giants. They did, however, allow Dalton Schultz to finish with six catches and 79 yards. Uh, well, and Higby, he had a bit of a dud last week versus Seattle, but he did salvage today with a touchdown, and that gives him two touchdowns in the last three weeks. So I, I like Higby to take advantage of a Giants secondary. It's a little undermanned right now, particularly in the middle. Did you see what David Njoku did to the Chargers this week? Yes, I did, and I thought about that too. Seven catches, 149 yards, and one touchdown. One was a 71-yarder. So even without that, he's still at 70, you know, 78 yards, seven, six for 78, and it, that's still not bad. Um, that means that I'm not paying up, and Joke is not my pay up, but Mark Andrews is. Chargers you know, I, I wanted to put Mark Andrews but I have this weird feeling that in his first active game, a lot of Mark Andrews's targets are going to end up in Rashad Bateman's hands. <laughs> I think there'll be enough love to go around. But look, I'm not going to knock you for taking Tyler Higby at $4,400 as a payup. But I feel like yeah, at least got to be $5,000 to be a payup. Just saying. So <laughs> he is the eighth highest priced player on DraftKings and the. Uh, Two, three, four, six, seventh, eighth highest player on FanDuel also. Yeah, he's the last guy before you hit three, the $3,000 range also. How's that on DraftKings? That, that is true. That, that's more of a sign of uh, the effect of the bye week, the teams that are playing in the ulterior uh, slates, as well as all the injuries too. What about everybody that's going out there looking to try and plug Kyle Pitts in this week? <laughs> uh, exactly. You got a nice yeah, it won't, it won't work on. from a DFS standpoint at least, but uh, – because nope. they're, they're on bye this week, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does the following week. Now, my value play is uh, – oh, I'm sorry. I was skipping ahead to my value play. What about my uh, stay away? I think we're going to match here. Uh, for the second week in a row, I'm staying away from Darren Waller. Uh, Vegas is at Denver. 
Uh, it's a tough matchup for Darren Waller, to say the least. The opposing tight end groups were averaging just three and a half catches and just 30 yards per game against Denver. Uh, if you're thinking about uh, the guy that we paid up for last week, Dalton Schultz, he has a very rough matchup against New England as well this week. So either of those two guys uh, make solid stayaways. Uh, but I think Darren Waller obviously is more expensive than Dalton Schultz, so that's why I want him. So we have a match. 100% agree. Everything you said. That gives us I, might make, I might change my pay up to TJ Hawkinson with everyone else in Detroit hurt right now. <laughs> yeah, I looked at that. I'm not going to lie to you. I did look at that. Um, I just like I liked Andrews a little more. Yeah. Um, okay. On to the value play. It's a guy that I did talk about a little earlier. Uh, we both did, actually. My value play is Ricky Seals-Jones. It's Washington versus Kansas City. It's actually a revenge game for Seals-Jones, who didn't get a chance to do much last year while with KC. He was only active for one game, uh, and then they let him go before the playoffs, which kind of sucked for him. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Seals-Jones has faced Kansas City only once in his career. That was back in 2018 with Arizona. In that game, he had his most career targets and his most career receptions. Now, this year... No team has allowed more tight end receiving yards than Kansas City, an average of 93 yards per game to the position. Plus, Washington will be without Logan Thomas. They will be without Diami Brown. They will be without Curtis Samuel. Rinse and repeat. And, oh, yeah, they'll probably be playing from behind. Yes. 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 I agree with all that. However, that's not who I picked. You went with Moelle Cox. <laughs> Close. Close. Now, why would you say that? Because he's facing Houston and Houston sucks. That is true. <laughs> but why, why, why Moelle Cox? You know Moelle Cox actually went to school right around the corner from where, where I am in the Richmond area. Do you know that he also— I, I did not know that. Yeah, he, he went to VCU. They do not have a football team. <laughs> I assume he played basketball there. That is exactly what he did. He was a basketball player, which seems to be something that correlates. Remember old Antonio Gates and the former basketball player? I think uh, we always heard something about Jimmy Graham being a basketball player at one time. Yep. Uh, well, um, again, it, it's, it's basketball. I mean, LeBron James said that if he wanted to become a professional football player, he could step on the field with most teams and be a starting tight end right away. He's not lying, I don't think. <laughs> You've seen the tight end position. Um, well, right now, you definitely could. <laughs> all right, so I guess I've strung you long enough. Um, unless there's something that I'm not aware of, is Jack Doyle hurt? Jack Doyle, is he's been dinged up the last couple of weeks, but I think he's been asked to stay in and block more, and that's why Cox has been playing more on the receiving end. Yeah, I'm still going scorched earth. I'm going $2,900. I'm getting Jack Doyle into my lineup, but I did have Ricky Seals-Jones um, written down, and I crossed him out. Well, in that same price range as Ricky Seals-Jones and Jack Doyle, we can also talk a little bit about Donald Parham Jr., who's actually doing what he did in the AAF right now, which is being a big body in the center of the field that can go up and play uh, uh, the power forward, so to speak, and catch the ball, bring it down on the rebound for a touchdown. He's got touchdowns in a couple games now, and he's actually been playing a fair amount of snaps, too. I mean, he's obviously still not out-snapping Jared Cook, but he is getting on the field more than just in the end zone. So, I actually looked at him, and I was going to tease him because I know that you're a big Parham fan, So, but I, I just couldn't do it. Long live AAF. There you go. <laughs> well, that does it. Guess what? The under. 
We hit the under, yes. Four. Uh, we hit four if you really wanted to count. One is half, and the other one is half. We counted five. Um, but, yeah, we, it was four. Under hit. Well, again, like I, said, I think the key to remember, the key thing to remember this week is that it's a shorter, it's a shorter pool of players to choose from. Uh, so it's going to be harder to get that perfect lineup. You're going to be without Tampa Bay. You're going to be without Philadelphia. You're going to be without the Miami Dolphins, without Jacksonville, without Seattle, without Pittsburgh, without Buffalo, without Tennessee, without the Jets. Okay, well, you're not losing anything there. Without Atlanta, without the Saints, and without San Francisco. That is 12 teams not playing on, on the main slate this week. So uh, when you're trying to put together that perfect lineup for the millionaire, uh, know that's going to be a little bit tougher. Yes, yes, yes. That's where your player ownership is going to come in and, you know, taking those one-off guys that nobody else is looking at, like Josh Gordon possibly, could pay off. Davis Mills, baby. Davis Mills. You're, more, you're, you're a braver man than I am, sir. <laughs> uh, either that or I'm just more of a degenerate. That's possible, too. Um, but I'll tell you what. Quite likely. I'll tell you what will <laughs> make it easier to do. Raise a glass and give yourself a little drink and you'll be okay. So, listen, here are the particulars. Follow Harley and his drunk self on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. He holds his liquor well. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. Or you can go on, mosey on over to the bar known as thehuddle.com. Pay up, pull your wallet out, save the tip that you would have given the bartender instead and give it to us. And get all kinds of wonderful content for you know that comes with the package that will help bring you a championship. And then the last thing that I'll say is the same thing I say every week. If you're going to get blitzed, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>